How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. To another episode of the SD Pharrell Show, I'm Justin Thin. I'm here with my co-host Matt Sheehan. You know Matt, what? how you doing today? Sensational. I, I, are you kidding me? Have you been outside? Like, I've been dreaming of this weather for months. This uh, is this true. Is fantastic weather, and we're going to get a lot more of it this Saturday. It is going to be a beautiful day for football mm. on Saturday. Or well said. practice or a scrimmage, well whatever it's going to be on Saturday. It's going to be quite the day. I'm for waiting us. for the yeah. day that you like come into the show like jumping up and down pointing and then yeah. saying like when i ask you how you're doing yeah. just not, not terrible yeah yeah, yeah. You're, um, you're setting yourself up perfectly for that but now I i've kind of given away the opportunity now you can't do it well we'll see how the rest of life goes uh, <laughs> the, the next few weeks here the next few wednesdays who's to say I don't yeah know. You, you see like two interceptions in the spring game you're just gonna be in the gutter the next week oh i'll yeah. be beside myself yeah, yeah. i mean just mascara running down my face it's gonna be <laughs> just a horrible scene but until then we're going to keep the vibes high here, Justin. Yeah. I try at least. So speaking yeah. of the spring game, or I guess the spring kickoff with uh, yeah. the hope of a scrimmage component in there. Some sort of football. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess it's a good time to have someone that will be coaching in that game and someone that played in that game huh. several times. Recently? At a high level. Huh. Yeah. Hmm. It's, it's Antoine Simmons. It is. It yeah. is. It is. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully somebody Antoine saw Simmons. the promo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what an introduction. We are only professionals over here, Antoine. There we go. We, we keep a high class over here. <laughs> Antoine, how are you doing today? Thanks for joining us, man. No, I'm doing good, man. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be on the show. You know, I've seen a couple guys and coaches and stuff um, come on and speak with you guys. So I'm excited to be here. There we go. But and I'm them texting you though. to not avoid the show at all costs. So that's good. Yeah. <laughs> we're rolling, dude. We're I think we're doing good. Yeah, Let's that's go. a good start. That's what I'm talking yeah. about. So, Antoine, um, you last, I think last month, um, started at Michigan State as a graduate assistant. Um, in the very first year of the Mel Tucker era, you were a captain, obviously starting linebacker, storied career at Michigan State. First question off the top, what has it been like settling into your role as a graduate assistant? Um, it's been completely new, you know, um, you know, being a player versus now being a coach, you know, seeing, looking at the game, um, the team and everything from a different aspect, um, you know, it's completely new, but um, it's something that, that I've been wanting to do for quite some time now since I was actually a player on campus. So I'm just excited to be here, excited to have the opportunity to be able to give back to the program and, and, and make the program better. What do they got you doing over there? I mean, I know it's a very broad question, but yeah, like give us like the, the LinkedIn page right now. What uh, what, what's your day to day like over at the program? Oh, uh, work, working with the linebackers, man. There um, we go. Help pays out, um, helping the guys out, other coaches, wherever wherever help is needed. That that's where I'm trying to be at. You know, I'll provide value in any aspect I can. 
So Antoine, take us behind the scenes of what it's like your first week on the job. You're coming in. This is your first time with a job on, on an NCAA staff as a coach. I'm guessing there's some sort of training and compliance stuff. What are like the first few days? What is on your plate in that span? Um, a lot of paperwork, uh, <laughs> um, making sure like, you know, you're, you're, um, you're, you're good. You don't have any issues none from the past or, um, or no issues as far as like recruiting and everything like that, make sure we're, we're abiding by NCAA uh, rules and regulations. Um, and first couple of days was, uh, I'm not gonna say like bullets flying, flying past me, but, <laughs> but things were moving pretty fast. You know, the good thing was, um, I kind of had the chance to get up there um, right before spring ball started, uh, get, get, um, get, get the, um, the, the playbook, um, get, get, get re, Get myself reactivated, you know. Get get to meet get to meet all the new faces around. Speak to the players and everything. Get get a feel for everything before spring ball started. I had about two three days of that, and then uh, then spring break hit, and then spring ball came. You know, so uh, the good thing was though that that spring ball spring ball hit right there, so I was able to to, to hop in and kind of just go. Um, and you know, spring ball is you know we practice three times a week. So it's not like the season. So I actually will have this spring to um, to get my feet completely up under me, get a real, real, real good grip on the um, playbook, um, and you know, and also get getting to know the guys and the program and stuff. I'm um, just learning, you know. To be honest, like you guys said, this is my first time being on on this side of 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 um, of the game, you know. And I'm excited to be here. So I'm just trying to soak everything up and, and do it do as best as I can. And how hard is that to be on the other side now? I mean, you're only three years removed from playing. Like, is it hard not to really be out there? Like, do you ever see a receiver, you know, just walk by you and you just want to lay the wood on him <laughs> oh, as he's oh, yeah. coming across oh, yeah. you? Okay, that's good. All right, oh, yeah. keep him on their toes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Good. Oh, yeah, no, I still have that. I still talk trash to the guys. Actually, Kobe, <laughs> Kobe was talking trash to me during the, um, during the weight lift, during the uh, weight lifting a couple of days ago. He betted betted me that I couldn't do do an exercise <laughs> with this really like really really heavy strict band. And at first I was like, no, no, I'm not going to do it. You know, you got it, man. That's for you guys. I'm not messing with it anymore. And I couldn't help myself. I had to put the darn band on and actually do it. And I did it. But afterwards, I'm like, wow, God, man. Yeah, right. Is, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if I missed this. <laughs> I was still got it though. You still got it. <laughs> Just a little bit, just a little bit. <laughs> so Anton, one, uh, you were a player. Obviously, you see things differently. Or you're in a different part of your life. You're younger. Um, for some people, maybe less mature. When you are in a coaching role, you have different responsibilities, different ways of looking at things. What is something you know now as a coach, uh, whether it's something you learned in the last few weeks, whether it's something you learned when you were high school coaching, what's something you know now as a coach that you wish you knew as a player? Be That's a good one. thank you. I try. <laughs> yeah, that was good. <laughs> oh man, I'd say being extremely, um, extremely like critical of mm. yourself. You know what I mean? Uh, being honest with, with yourself, like, uh, like looking back, like there was games like I played good, but now looking back on those games, it's like I could have played even better than that. Mm. <laughs> mm. So, uh, um, you know, just just really understanding the game, right? You know, not just going out there and, and playing and, and 
trying to lead and, and make as many plays as I possibly can. It's not just that, but it's being the best absolute player mm-hmm. that you can possibly be every right. not just Not just 75% of the snaps or 80% right. every single play impacting the game in every way, shape, or form. Right. Yeah. And I know you're still just getting to know these guys a little bit, but is there any linebacker right now that you work with that is kind of almost hitting that mark, that that 100%, 100% of the time mark so far? I'm honestly do this spring ball, man. Guys are in and out, up and down. Um, we're constantly rotating guys, changing gotcha. guys. So it's really hard to – it's been hard for me to actually, like, you know, see the guys really, really turn it loose. You know, sure. like really turn it loose, and we're in a practice set. So the number one goal in practice set is keep everyone safe, make sure we all get to the end of practice with, with, um, with without any um, uh, major injuries. You know, so um, so a lot of our guys, I'm not gonna say haven't had the opportunity to really truly turn it loose, but but uh, for the most part, all of our guys are are going as hard as they possibly can within the um, within the means of practice. And uh, doing everything they can, and for the most part, all the guys across the board are getting better. You know, from the first practice we had up until now, uh, we have multiple guys in our room that look like complete different players. And the guys who don't just haven't had the opportunity to practice, you know, they haven't been able to get the reps. But the guys who have been practicing have been getting better and uh, become become better football players. And I'm excited to see what they're going to do in the fall, mm-hmm. especially with with spring ball coming up to it to an end we actually had a chance to see see what guys are guys have gotten better at what right. guys have what guys are lacking at, you know, and then build on that in the summertime build on it at, at camp and then by the time the the um, football season comes around man I, i'm expecting some, some really some really good things for from our team love to hear it very excited Fair enough So, Anton, when you were at Michigan State, you were, um, as I said on the top, you were the first um, uh, the first year of the Mel Tucker era. Now you're coming back. Um, The fourth season of the Mel Tucker era is starting. Obviously, coach always says the standard is the standard and the expectations are the same. Uh, But in terms of the vibe, the day to day, the energy, how is the program different today than it was when you graduated? Is, Is there any difference or I guess? I'll just leave it open-ended. What's it like compared to now back to then? Everything matters. Like, everything matters. Like, um, I said this, the, um, I think it was last week when I had media. Um, we look at everything from the way we put our helmets down to the socks we're wearing to the, uh, to the gear we have on to the way we, we come in the building, to the way we sit in meetings, the way we talk to each other. Everything is, is being not evaluated, but but it's being being looked at, you know, because we we wanted to we wanna make sure our, our culture is is a winning culture. You know, some something that can that can get us to, to that big ten championship, to the college football national championship. You know, that that that's what, what we're trying to get to. So the expectations have to be Bar mm. has to be has to be set at a very high level, and it must be met. You know, like Coach says, the standard is the standard. We're not moving the bar down. If anything, the only place that bar can go is up. 
There we go. I like the way that sounds. Yeah. I, I want to go back to your playing days really quick, and specifically when D'Antonio left and then Mel Tucker was hired on. Uh, one of the things that really just sticks out to me as a memory is just how prevalent you were in the transition. I mean, you were the vocal leader of the team. I believe you also spoke at the press conference when Mel Tucker was introduced as well. Was that something that you just went ahead and grabbed, or was there someone in the program was like, hey, uh, do you mind doing all this? Or like, where? where how did that all come about where you were just such a strong leader during I mean it wasn't you know a turbulent situation but it was definitely a unique situation for a college kid to be a part of so who how, how did that come together yeah um, um how did that happen um, <laughs> I think I it was a couple people from the um, from the university asked if I was, if I was willing to, to do that and, gotcha um, and represent and represent us players but it wasn't just me there though I was accompanied by Matt Allen, Xavier Henderson, AJ Curry, Noah Harvey. I think Jacob Honishu was there, there with me too. It was um, six of us, I think. And uh, we were all there. Um, of course, we showed up with our, with our nice pants, our polos, varsity jackets <laughs> and stuff. And we, we were just honored honored to, to be there, you know. And even throughout that process, um, university, people from the university was constantly coming over to, to weightlifting or speaking with us constantly keeping us you know reassured that that they were finding someone they were just making sure that 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 it was the dude and they got their guy gotcha um, we were excited to, to to hear that that they were bringing coach tucker in yeah there we go yeah so anton when you were a player you had a lot of great memories um i would ask you what is the number one memory that sticks out to you from your entire playing career Oh man, that's hard. I had a lot of good times, man. You sure um, did. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh man. Um I'd say the the um holiday bowl in 2017. Mm. That was a go that was that's like one of my favorite memories. Um of course Michigan game my senior year. Yeah. Northwestern game that year. Um, Indiana, my junior year too, in 2019, mm-hmm. when we played Indiana at home, yeah, and that was a really good game, and we pulled pulled that one out, and that was, um, I think, that tied Coach D's um, winning record. Right. Um, um, what else was it? What else? Those are like those are like my my like yeah like my, my my big memories, you know right. that that I kind of you know I might I might casually think about one day, yeah. you know, driving yeah, yeah. to work, driving home or something you know but um that holiday bowl that michigan game uh, and that indiana game those are like like three of my favorite memories right there sometimes i think of that michigan too when i'm driving home i'm gonna be honest um i got about 57 <laughs> questions about that game specifically but i'll try to just keep it to a couple here and one is something that happened before the game i think the spread came out you guys were 24 point underdogs like some yep. some insane number uh the first week did not go uh go good for the the good guys here michigan looked really good in week one and oh my god it's a 24 point spread if you don't know anything about gambling guys that, that's a massive number did, did you guys as a team know that you guys were that heavy of underdogs? I mean, maybe not know the spread exactly, but did you know that the persona around this game was going to be, holy crap, we're supposed to lose by like three or four touchdowns? Yeah. yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all knew that. We all knew knew we, we weren't, like, nobody was, was picking us. We all knew that. The only people we had was, was us and our fans, and that was it, man. 
Um, but that's that's nothing that that um, that that we're due to, you know, especially with that game. Um, there's been a lot of times throughout that throughout the rivalry where they've been heavily favored and we came out with the dub. You know, so um, so that's not something that that we actually like pay attention to and let affect us. But but we do see it, though. you know, when it pops up yeah. on a timeline or or um, you come in one day and it's and something might be on your locker or or, you know, it's oh, OK. All right. <laughs> Who knows? Interesting. Yeah. OK. There, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> we just show up and play, man. <laughs> yeah. I, I always like that about the Michigan State culture. It's like you hear other coaches around the conference or other coaches around the country. They're always saying, oh, every game is the same. We don't have, there's no such thing as bulletin board material. And like nobody believes this. No. Like you're playing your biggest rival. Oh, yeah. If you're openly saying, yes, we really want to beat him. Yes, we know all the narratives and we're using it as fuel. To me, that is why I think Michigan State has won so many games as underdogs. Antoine, how would you describe the way that Michigan State kind of approaches the rivalry game as a whole? And do you think that approach is one of the reasons why um, Michigan State has that success? The, the best way I can say it um, is they don't like us and we, we don't like them. You know what I mean? Like, that's the, the simplest um, way to say it. You know, it's, it's a mutual, it's a mutual thing. It goes back and forth. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't want to ruffle anyone's feathers. <laughs> um, okay, here's question number two out of 57 about that game that I have for you right here. Um, I, I'm going to try not to get you in the hot water here, but a- after the game, a, a game where you had <laughs> – I think it was like what ninety-eight tackles. You had a few pass breakups. Uh, like you, you did everything on defense that game. And then after Michigan quarterback Joe Milton was asked about you, and then Who? he, uh, uh, Tennessee uh, great Joe Milton, that is, he was asked about your performance, and he said, "Who's that?" Now, me from my house, I cackled so loud it woke up the entire neighborhood when I saw that quote. But I gotta know, like when when you heard that after the game, were you? kind of changed the trajectory of that game what was your reaction i just have to know yeah. I, I gotta know yeah i'll actually i'll tell you the story how i found out actually i was um i was just getting back we just got done to celebrate um i was um, i think i was at my locker or something the rocky had just got done doing um doing um media and he was like hey man um, i just want to let you know that uh the quarterback joe mill and he he didn't know who you were. Like, okay. Like, I'm like, huh? <laughs> like, yeah, they asked him. They asked him in the conference, in the press conference if, if he knew who you were and, like, if you were any good or anything. And he was like, no. Like, he didn't, like, know who you were. And I was like, oh, well. It, oh, well, I'll address that in the, in the conference. But I mean, we got Paul playing in our locker room, so. Who cares? <laughs> oh man, that's that's one of my favorite memories of just this rivalry in the last like decade or two. Like that, so that was yeah. it was it was like here. I'll say this not you. It was just peak Michigan. Like, yeah, it was, that it, is it was great. Yeah, that like, is the one sentence summary of Michigan. Oh, it was it was amazing. Like oh, we we just got tatted at home as yeah. three and a half touchdown favorites, yeah. and I'm just gonna play the who's that game. Yeah. Like that's the card. Just admitting play. they don't watch okay. tape. Okay, just... right. Yeah. yeah, who needs tape? Yeah. Tape yeah. shape. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So right. So um, right. had to ask about that yeah. though. It's on my. <laughs> 
I think my last question uh, from you. So the, when you were hired, the first thing that came into my mind was having someone that is uh, so recently removed from the program, someone that's young, someone that's relatable to all the kids of the current generation that are being recruited these days. What I saw immediately was that you could be one of the most valuable recruiting GA hires that probably across the country that I've heard of this year and in recent years. Do you view it that way or are you more of just gravitating towards the coaching side? And if you are thinking about how powerful of a recruiter you could be, why why do you think that is in your words? Um, honestly, it's, it's kind of both, um, trying to figure out the coaching thing and figure out the recruiting thing. Uh, because so we all know this now, recruiting is completely different than it was right. even when I was in high school. Yeah. You know, I just graduated in 2017, you know, so it's completely different now. Uh, these dudes got, got NIO deals. Uh, <laughs> it's so much more. <laughs> like, it's so much more that, like, that, that these recruits have access to now uh, without having to worry about getting in trouble with the NCAA or with the respective conferences that they're looking to play for, uh, you know, so it adds a whole another another component, you know. Um, so it's trying to trying to get trying to learn learn that, um, um, and figure my path out through that. But um, I do feel that that I can be a, be a really good, good recruiter, um, especially me being there, played there, graduated from there. Um, it means something to me being a Spartan. Um, and then I'm also you know, personable dude, um, you know, straight shooter. Tell you how it is. Tell you if I like it. Tell you if I don't. <laughs> yeah. you know? Um. So, um, you know, I, honest in my eyes, that's that's all you can do. You know, what what the recruit these dudes is be be upfront, be honest with, them, be, be transparent. Um, you know, and try as hard as you can to, to, to get the dudes on campus. Right. <laughs> yeah. Amen. There we go. And last question I got for you, Antoine. And uh, you know what? Here's for honesty and transparency. What is it going to take for you to get on the field, padded up this Saturday? <laughs> Just laying the wood against these guys. What 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 do we have to do to see you one more time out there in the field on Saturday? No, we got enough dudes out there, but okay. I'm gonna let these dudes, dudes shine and do their thing. You know, my time has passed. You Shoot. know, I want I want to see well, I want to see our dudes now and our dudes in the future. You know, play and be be successful. You know, my my time is done. No, which I have no problem saying that. <laughs> <laughs> well, good for you. That's awesome. I, I have a problem with Anton saying his time is done because he enrolled the same year I enrolled. He graduated when I graduated. Oh, so for him to say that he's washed and a oh, thing of the man. past, I feel extremely old <laughs> with, with you saying that sentiment. So, um, but Anton, I do yeah, too, so, man. It's yeah. Like it's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Anton, we really appreciate all your time. You were very, very generous with, with your time. Great insight that you gave us. Thanks a lot for coming on and just excited to see your coaching career take off. No, thank you, man. Thank you. I appreciate you guys having me. You know, this was a good time. Uh, yeah. You know, time you guys won't want to have me on, just let me know. For sure, man. As long as, it's sure. not, long as it's not during the season, you guys are trying to get the <laughs> intel out of me. We're good. Yeah, we'll see you yeah. every Saturday night. Yeah, yeah. we're going to – yeah. yeah. So every drop a juice out of you. It's going to figure great. out how many times they're going to call in Gage 8 against Michael Penix, and, mm -hmm. and that's going to be the, the first topic we're going to look to talk about during the season. Every injury. Oh, no. Uh, every game. Uh, nope. It's nope, going to be great. Nope. It's going to be awesome. Yes. Can't wait. Can't wait. But, no, you're the man, Antoine. Yeah, really thanks, appreciate Antoine. It, appreciate uh, it. Thank you. I appreciate you guys. You guys have a good one. Yes, sir. You, you too. have a better one.
I love that guy. That guy's awesome. Awesome. Loved him playing. It's awesome seeing him back on the staff. I mean, you can't get enough great guys like that in the program. Oh, yeah. It's nice to see him back in the doors inside yeah. the walls of the football center at East Lansing. A hundred percent. I think um, as he articulated in, in the second to last question, personable, um, recently removed. Yep. Um, he's going to be a great recruiter. I think uh, Michigan State had uh, Jaron Duhart. Uh, DB's uh, GA who uh, his eligibility as a GA ran out he moved on to Ohio State I think um, the impact that he had which was which was a great one I think Antoine can have an even bigger impact in that role recruiting gotcha. linebackers coaching obviously he was he was very smart he had great football instincts he can pass that along he's a great he's gonna be a great teacher in my opinion yeah but recruiting wise if you can have a GA that can go toe-to-toe with actual position coaches which I think Antoine can do which Jaron did consistently I think uh, this this is going to be one of the most underrated hires that Michigan State has made off the field um, in a few years. I think um, I think with the BT Jordan hire, that was one that we kind of all saw how impactful that could be. Yeah. Um, the Dyron Reynolds hire, I think that one is starting to sound like it was very underrated, but. Yep couple underrated hires this offseason and Antoine's the face of that and great great discussion that we had there yeah and no doubt in my mind he's gonna be a solid coach just the yeah. way he played the game I mean you know there's the the physical limitations that people always talk about is like oh he's a little too short he's not as fast as everyone else but he played the game two steps ahead of everyone right. else and that's why he had so many great games like you know especially hey that Michigan game his yeah. senior year I mean so he was just an awesome linebacker yeah. and uh, no doubt he's gonna be a great coach that's here. a great point because yeah. if you think about who the most successful coaches are mm-hmm. it's not the guys that went ahead and played like 12 years of professional football or basketball yeah the guys that ran like a 4-3-4 exactly it's the guys that were actually talented and they knew what they were doing it was other factors like not checking certain boxes in the combine specifications you have to be this high your arms have to be this long it's the guys that really knew what was happening and then they get into coaching immediately they have high energy and they're personable those are the guys that do well in coaching and that's that's what we have here with Antoine. There so, we go. Really exciting. Not thrilled, pumped, ecstatic, yeah. stoked, yeah. over the moon, if you will. Yes. Justin, same with this. Where do you want to take this next? Do you want to take it to the new offensive line commit that just happened? Or we do you want do to that. take it just to the offensive line as a whole? Dealer's choice. You're the host. I, I'm just the, the clown that sits in the chair across from you. <laughs> the co-host, yes. The That's the word. The, yeah, that's right. Thank you. <laughs> the uh, offensive line, uh, either topic is great. It's always good to talk about the O-line, but we can start with Andrew Dennis. Let's do it. We can start with the most recent commit of the Michigan State 2024 class. Three-star offensive lineman who he projects to right tackle. Okay. Um, and he committed to Michigan State earlier this week. Um, there you see his graphic and his uh, open letter when he committed. Uh, so great pick up there. Matt, what was, I guess, your first impression? And then I can talk about him a little bit as a player as well. Yeah, immediately is just, you know, versatility, versatility, and versatility. I mean, this kid um, said as much in any piece that you read, whether Ben Spartans Illustrated 24-7 Sports on three. I mean, it just talked about, hey, you could kind of, plug this kid in anywhere i mean and he does have the footwork to do it uh it was well storied that hey you know former hockey player he played growing up and that is a different uh you know skill obviously the football but really high emphasis on footwork which okay that's what you need to play offensive line here uh obviously has the build for it as well and the the wingspan as well you know it's it's a solid wingspan on him too so yeah he can project as like a spencer brown type guy if you will at right tackle just like Mm -hmm. you said or hey kick him inside if you really need to so 
Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just a, another good offensive line pickup. I mean, because, I mean, Coach Cap, Mel Tucker, mm-hmm. the, the gang is stacking together these classes with solid offensive linemen. So that's uh, that was yeah. my instant reaction to just how versatile yeah. and well-rounded this kid can be. Yeah, very very well said. Yeah. You pretty much got it all covered there. The the hockey angle, big for sure. Yeah. He um, added, I think, three inches and tons of pounds um, to his frame uh, since his hockey days. But he still kept that athleticism, kept his feet. Corey Robinson dove deep into that angle in his article after gotcha. the commitment. Um, but, yeah, so Mount Pleasant native yeah. came in, I think, 6'5", 280, above 280 um, at a recent visit at Michigan State. So they're going to start him at right tackle. They're going to cross-train him. They're, he can kick inside if, if he needs to, or he can stay at right tackle. So I think I like the pattern of um, Coach Cap here getting his top in-state offensive line uh, commit – or his – top in-state offensive line prospect committed the last two cycles last cycle Cole Dellinger in, in Cap's opinion was the best in-state offensive lineman gotcha. I believe one other prospect was ranked ahead but that was number one on Michigan State's board he got him last year um, sounds like Cole's doing really well we'll talk about that in the next segment now you've done the same here with um, obviously Andrew Dennis so you have the opportunity now to go ahead, get the best player in the state of Michigan early, and now look around and try to be a little more pickier and go ahead and get the best talent nationally. So love the blueprint, love the philosophy that, that Cap is showing here. Yeah, it's the best thing that MSU football has going for recruiting lately. It's just like how well they're doing with the, the trench mm-hmm. recruiting. Yeah. No question. And also, too, just one other tidbit I want to add about the Andrew Dennis thing is just like the story of his commitment to Michigan State. Like it wasn't an instant offer. Like he did visit Michigan uh, Michigan State a few times. And then Coach Cap said at first, like, hey, you look good, but yeah. this is what we want to see you do before we formally offer you. And he came back checked out all the boxes so yeah i mean that's a good head start yeah. on a good working relationship between player and coach so just a nice little tidbit yeah. I, I saw it definitely uh, definitely for yeah. sure but Ooh. let's get uh, yeah. the offensive line talk the guys that are there now how about that yeah so essentially the way that i look at the offensive line right now is when you look at any position group and you're talking about is the position group getting better in my opinion look at the quality of play you're going to be getting from the starters okay compared to years past. It's a good start. And the depth at that position compared gotcha. to years past. And the first metric of, of those two in terms of the level of play from the starters, I think Michigan State will be better than it has been the past few years. Not drastically better. A lot of the same guys, especially left guard and center, uh, right tackle, shouldn't be too much of a jump up. Black stock, yeah. we'll see. Um, right guard is a battle. So I don't know if the starter level play will be drastically better, but it will be better. The depth. The depth. Talk to me astronomically improved from where it was just a few years just from last year um it's been well documented coach cap has talked about it um everyone's really talked about it last year at this time they had not enough guys to have a full offensive you had four scholarship offensive linemen by the spring game that's a problem and then now you look at this year you have there they didn't put a number on it since they have more than enough but the way I look at it is you have probably two full shifts of offensive line, at least, of just scholarship guys, if not more. Um, the reason for having such better depth and at least equal, if not better, starting play from the offensive line is continuity, mm-hmm. lack of attrition, which I guess yep. go hand in hand. Guys are not leaving because you're not missing on them. Sure. And to that point, a high hit rate in recruiting. So if you're landing guys, you're identifying the right guys, you're getting them on campus, you're developing them to the point where they are staying and are, are not, I guess, flailing out. That is how you get to this point. You have guys like Stanton Rammel, 
Keyshawn Blackstock, Cole Dellinger, the three signees from the 2023 class. Coach Cap said publicly, those three newcomers have come in at a level higher than any other newcomers so far. Gotcha. Wow. At Michigan State. Okay. Stan Rammel is a future franchise left tackle type in yeah. college. Um, future NFL draft pick frame. Obviously, you have to prove that, but mm-hmm. he has all the tools. Blackstock, he will be starting at one of the two tackle spots this, this upcoming yep. season. Dellinger, probably the center that will take over after Nick Samak. Hopefully, retro freshman next year. Yeah. Maybe a year after that. We'll see. Those three guys, high hit rates. Let's backtrack another year before that. Let's do it. 2022. Ashton Lapo, Braden Miller, the two tackles. Yeah. Both were outside of the top 800, if I'm not mistaken. Braden Miller was unranked nationally. Those guys, Braden Miller has come in and he has po- probably put himself in that conversation with Stanton Rammel, the next left tackle. Okay. And then you have um, gaining 40 pounds since the day he signed. Ashton Lepo. He could be he could be the next starting right tackle. So again, it's the, nobody knows who's going to be the next starter. Nobody knows exactly where the pecking order is yet. Not even Cap, not even the players, because every day they're getting better. But nobody's a bust. Mm-hmm. Chris Phillips, Gavin Brocious. Unfortunately, Gavin Brocious hurt his leg. Those two guys were battling squarely for the right guard spot with Gino Vandermark from Cap's 2021 class. Yep. Also in that class, Kevin Wigginton. He's doing what I think he's in the two deep right now. Okay. Every gotcha. single person that Cap has signed for the most part, maybe other than one or two here or there, they are ahead of schedule. So I say all of this in this monologue to say Michigan State is landing guys that even if the recruiting sites are not saying they're highly valued, he is identifying them, he is landing them, he's developing them, and he is keeping them. And Michigan State's depth and for at least a little bit, their starting level is already improving. The long-term potential of this, of this offensive line room couldn't be in a better spot. Couldn't have said any better. I mean, yeah, that's that's JT on the ones and twos right there, man. How come when I gained forty pounds in my first two years at state, like no one applauded me for it? I was just kind of looked at like, is he okay? Like, do we, do we need to intervene here? But so double standard there. But yeah, I mean, that's that's awesome. But yeah, about like Lepo and, and Braden Miller too is like they they had the frames all along mm-hmm. and like to get the potential out of those frames. You need solid coaching. So, right. yeah, I mean, it's just uh, a joy that Coach Cap is still, you know, at Michigan State because we know yeah. that programs have tried to pry him away. And it's that. It's getting the potential out of your guys early on, but also just the continuity of, you know, knowing that this coach right. will be here is, is that those two things Huge. go hand in hand with solid positional recruiting. Yeah. So we're, and we're seeing it pay off in spades right yeah. now. I talked to the parents of two 2025 offensive line recruits here in the last few months. Um, they're early in the process. They don't know a lot about yeah. Michigan State. They don't know a lot about Coach Cap. The first thing they said is he turned down USC in Georgia. That tells me he's going to be here for a while. See. Can't wait to visit. And that's it. Bang. That's all. You, that's, that gets you in the door. That piques the kid's interest. Proof in the pudding right so, there. So, great point there by you. That's definitely. Great points by you. We're, we're having a great points <laughs> off right now. We're just playing great point tennis over here. Look at us go. Nice. Do you have any other great points about uh, recruiting by any chance? Let's do a recruiting roundup. Okay. Let's wow. go ahead and move to that, that segment of the show. Wow, I just guessed. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God I was right. I yeah. Was, oh it's not like we have a show sheet. We have a show sheet? We have a show. Uh, oh, my God. Uh, wow. We've done a great job just winging it. We've been doing a crossword puzzle yeah. over here the entire time. <laughs> okay. All right. Go get him, champ. So, um, Cap, as we have already been talking about. Yeah. 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 A lot of guys um, that he's gotten already, past classes, yeah. the current class. He has also gotten a lot of kids to visit early in the class. Obviously not, not many of them have committed only Andrew Dennis so far, but 
if you look at kind of the reporting that we're doing in the industry of who's visiting uh, in the spring, who has visited, um, basically the biggest takeaway is the offensive line, which makes sense. It's usually the biggest component of a class, but that is the group that is visiting in waves right now. Um, there's quite a few guys, Mike Williams uh, from Baltimore. He's a kid that uh, Michigan State got on really early. Now he is blowing up. You have another offensive tackle, I believe also from Baltimore, um, at, at the very least from the East Coast, Logan Bennett. Mm-hmm. I believe he is still unranked, and I don't think too many schools have gotten on there yet. He's a kid that's going to be blowing up. If he goes on a camp circuit all across the country, um, those offers will start rolling in this summer. Um, he's 6'5", 6'6", maybe, 3'10". He can play guard, probably will play guard if he chooses Michigan State, maybe tackle for some schools. But he's a guy that we're watching um, just closely because Cap has gotten there first. So if Michigan State can reel him in soon, um, that would be nice. Um, if not, you'll get to see him blow up and, and maybe a heated battle there. But um, just, again, the theme, offensive line visitors, uh, big thing big thing here in the spring. Um, you know, one of the thoughts that I've seen circulating is right now Michigan State doesn't have a lot of commits. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's true. I'm sure there's schools that have four, five, six, seven commits. But the thing is, at this point last year, Michigan State had three commits before the spring game. Okay, interesting. Yeah. So it looks bad right now just because you're at three because you have a decommitment already from Nick Marsh. Mm-hmm. Um, two of the commits you have, they're far away. They're highly sought after by everybody. You don't know if they're going to end up signing just because that's the nature of recruiting these days. But fact of the matter is, last year when they had three recruits at three commits at this time, nobody was complaining. It seemed like a great number. It was knock it out of the park in June, knock it out of the park in the fall. Fall, kind of debatable whether they did or not, but it's not really that they're lagging behind right now. It's mm-hmm. you gotta you gotta do a great job in June, you gotta do a great job in the fall. So I don't really worry about the pace. Okay. Pace is good at, at this point. Just gotta maximize your OVs, gotta maximize the, the in game visits during the fall and, and I think they're in a good spot right there in, in the regard of how many commits they have right now. I'll take your word for it. You <laughs> Sounds promise? Good. Do you promise? Yeah, it's not okay. like you're gonna dig up this audio and hold it against me. <laughs> okay, perfect. Yeah, just clip that. Keep it as a receipt. No, it'll be nice. But no, yeah. yeah I mean, there's a long way to go. Um, right. As exciting like recruiting is around these parts these days, uh, yeah, there, there's a little bit of patience. Yeah, that has to be yeah. added there. And then the spring game visitors list, um, the best that we can confirm. Um, that list will be out probably Friday uh, on 24/7 Sports. The Spartan Tailgate will probably have that pinned. The last note I have here recruiting-wise, um, we talked about it last week. We'll talk about it again next week. But Jesse yep. McCulloch, 2024 four-star power forward um, from Ohio. He is announcing on April 20th. So Michigan State has the crystal balls there. And we will talk about that next episode. And um, nice. that is all on the recruiting route, Matt. And that's the church of Justin Sin right there. I've, I, I've, I've left you out to dry here. You've done a lot of talking in the last like 10, 15 minutes. I'm sorry, but man, you're, you're the man with all the knowledge here. <laughs> it's a, that is a, a good, good rundown on all things football, especially with the spring game going yeah. on with recruiting. So Enough about exciting, football, man. Matt. Yeah, let's, let's switch it up. Let's get on the hardwood right now. Um, God, what an exciting week for Michigan State. Um, Tyson Walker. 
Coming back. Awesome. Great. Uh, I could do you also one better. Malik Hall within 24 hours announcing his return to Michigan State as well the very next day. And uh, <laughs> what else can you say other than like this is just thrilling news? I mean, yes, it is news that we all kind of somewhat expected. I think if you asked anyone that knew anything, they were probably saying, yeah, odds are they're both coming back. But hey, college basketball, college sports, anything can happen these yeah. days. So it's nice to see these guys uh, not put the pen to paper they didn't really have to sign anything but we're just going to call it that you know just sign for another year if you will um th this this is an embarrassment of riches now for michigan state yeah. i mean last year what do we talk about going into the year okay well we're kind of lacking depth here um and you saw that play out during the season as well as michigan state was down malik hall down Jaden akins in that pk 85 and a few games around that this year, you got 12 guys that could play at a Big Ten championship level. So um, I guess the one negative I could see with all this is that, Tom, good luck figuring out the lineups here going into next season because this is a lot of guys that are talented enough to play. But, hey, that's why you're the Hall of Fame coach. Um, and that is a great problem to have going into the season with uh, quite the opposite of a depth problem here. You now are one of the deepest teams, not just in the Big Ten, but probably yeah. the country as well. Uh, with experience, of course, you're going to have three guys that are over the age of 23 when this season tips off. you got A.J. Hogart, Tyson Walker, Malik Hall. And then, uh, hey, have you heard about this recruiting class coming in? No. Top three to in me. the nation, JT. So you got your great, great balance of experience. You yeah. also have talent in that experience as well, but also the fresh blood coming in uh yeah those guys can hoop as well so it is just a great cocktail of everything that you want in a basketball team i i'm can we start the season next week please yeah. i just i i don't know if i can wait this long <laughs> it's, that would oh. be as i was already looking to schedule the big games as we know oh, as yeah. he has the tendency to do oh yeah arizona oh, yeah. tommy lloyd's program yeah they will be playing them in palm springs california yep. at Acrisure arena Akersher, the company of MSU donor Greg Williams. And uh, that'll be an interesting game. Yep. Arizona always has the athletes. And the length. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And rumored to get point guard Ryan Nemhard from Creighton. Oh, fascinating. In the portal. Okay. So that'll be a great game, a great barometer. Yeah. I believe Duke is on the docket. Yep. So that's going to be good. Michigan State has the horses this year. They have the athleticism on the wings. This will be a great year to go through the gauntlet. Last year, they didn't have the depth really for it. Still kind of held their own. Yeah. Uh, beat Kentucky, competed with Gonzaga until the very end. So yep. it'll be even better next year to see them go through the gauntlet. Yeah, I mean, you got two of the teams that are in the top five for the national title odds on the schedule already <laughs> next year. Uh, Michigan State is tied uh, for third in national title odds with Kentucky and Arizona. And then uh, that's 15-1 to 1 right now on FanDuel. And then 11-1, to 1, it's tied between UConn and Duke, which Duke, of course, Ooh. playing in the Champions Classic. I mean, God, you talk about a deep team with uh, nice incoming talent as well. Like, that could very well be a one-versus-two game next yeah. year i know that uconn is probably going to get a lot of the votes and they probably will enter the season at number one but it's not out of the question um it'll definitely be a top five game yeah no doubt uh but yeah man it's uh it's gonna be a very exciting year and yeah of course you can always count on mr Izzo to do the anyone any place any time uh and play that out to get the boys ready for a yeah. long grueling big 10 season all for it i'm thrilled man yeah. i'm just stoked i mean i like tyson walker coming back I, yeah you know what We'll, we'll get into some fun stats here in a little bit. For, okay. To our facts one as well. Okay. Maybe. Sounds good. Probably. We will. I'm happy. Do we want to talk about those fun stats right now? Or do we, 
Okay, let's do it. I think that's a you question. Are you ready? Are, are you ready? Yeah, let's get it okay, out of the way. <laughs> All right, that's the spirit. There we go. Two and eight is my record for those keeping track. <laughs> I'm keeping track. I wasn't going to say it. I wasn't going to say it. Uh, this is a game. That's right. That Justin is uh, going to do well at today, mm. folks. That's right. It's called Two Are Facts, One Is Whack. I got three statements here. Two of them are true. One of them's not true. Imagine that. Oh, I, the pain on the face already? <laughs> oh, no. Okay, here we go. The theme is, hey, the guys that uh, just announced their return to come back next season, Malik Hall and Tyson Walker. Are you ready for the mm -hmm. first statement? All right. MSU has two of the top five returning three-point shooters by percentage in the Big Ten going into next season. MSU is two of the top five returning three-point shooters by percentage in the Big Ten going into next season. Mm -hmm. St statement number two. Malik Hall has the best free throw percentage amongst returning players next season for Michigan State. Malik Hall has the best free throw percentage from last year going into the next season amongst players from Michigan State. That, that would be your second statement. Are you ready for number three, yes. Justin? Okay. Outside of centers... Tyson Walker has the best at-the-rim field goal percentage of all returners on this team. Again, that is outside of the center position. So outside of centers, Tyson Walker has the best at-the-rim field you goal percentage of all returners. You probably could have left it including centers. You'd be surprised. Oh, okay. You'd be surprised. Mati Sissoko is actually the top. Okay. Very I, interesting. I, I will throw that nugget in there. Okay. Um, Two are facts. One is whack. What do you got for us? Usually I take a long time. I think through it. I, I second guess myself. Oh, we're going quick shot today? Yeah. Oh, this, yeah, let's go. This time, <laughs> oh. I think uh, the first one I believe is true. Okay. I believe that AJ Hogard for most of the season was the leading free throw shooter, but I know he started to miss a few late in February, so I don't know if that altered things. I should just start reading the team stats sheet like every night before bed. Hmm. Um, hmm. Third one, yeah. Tyson Walker is like undefeated around the rim. Um, Aikens, though. Aikens was up there. Hogarth doesn't miss around the rim, so I guess I've turned this into one of those where I'm thinking about it for a while. Yeah, that's okay, I was going to quickly just go and say the second <laughs> one's false. Um, but here we are. But here we are. Mr. Thin. You got I, I believe in you. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just waiting for don't. me to say an answer. Maybe I don't, actually. And then you're going to say, uh, actually, the second. <laughs> All right. The, the one that's false. Yes. Is. Don't I'm going to go against my instincts, and I'm going to say the third one is false. <laughs> Folks. Folks. He did it. He got it. He is back in the win column. The third one was indeed false. Look at you go. Outside of centers, Tyson Walker does not have the best at the rim field goal percentage of all returners. That is Malik Hall. That is the other guy that uh, announced his return. He is at 62.1% at the rim this season. Uh, Tyson Walker, still really solid, 56% at the rim. That's actually a 12-point jump from where he was his first year at Michigan State. So he went from 44% to 56%, which is... That's amazing. Like, the guy's got a great finishing package around the rim. Uh, the other ones, yes, MSU is two of the top five returners in three-point shooters by percentage in the Big Ten. Uh, Indiana's Trey Galloway is number one. Jaden Aikens, number two. Cam Spencer, number three. And Tyson Walker, number four. And then Malik Hall did have the best free throw percentage amongst returning players going into next season 
84.6%. So there you have it. Look mm. at you go. What you got you got to feel if, great right now. If I gave that quick answer right away, like mm-hmm. I was originally planning, it was gonna be the second one. Okay. So I'm so glad it's gonna I, go off the hip. Yeah. There we go. I like that. There we go. Look at you. The vibes can't be higher right now, can they? No, I don't think there so. We go. Three, That's what I'm talking about. three and eight has never has never felt so good no that's no you're, you're gonna bang out a few more wins here um <laughs> you're, you're gonna be like the lions you know you, you had a real big lull in the middle of the season but you're gonna charge um to a potential playoff push here in a little bit i believe in you sounds like a plan i got faith i like in you. the vision thank you yeah there we go speaking of the vision the big 10 has a, great, a new commissioner what a segue in charge look at this with guy. a new vision in place hopefully maybe wow. maybe not that was great <laughs> that was great the big 10 has hired Tony Petiti, possibly, I think that's how you pronounce it. Sure. Petiti. It just sounds incredibly Italian. Yeah, it sounds about right. Yep. He is joining the Big Ten from a wide background in all of sports, basically. He um, was most recently actually at Activision Blizzard, uh, where he was in charge of marketing, I believe, for their sports section. And prior to that, he worked with the MLB. Over there, he was predominantly responsible for TV and marketing, uh, business development, really new ventures, things of that nature. So he's not to blame for any of the new rules or anything if if people are against those. Sure. Um, Before that, CBS Sports. He was responsible for March Madness TV contracts. So thankfully, he knows a little bit about March Madness, as well as the Super Bowl. Very, very high stakes. two contracts right there probably cbs sports is two highest contracts along with the masters so you're looking at a guy that really knows tv deals yeah you know a guy that knows about business development um we'll see what he knows about expansion and, and things of that nature but it seems like that area is going to be settling down here for a while um nobody's trying to make a 28 team super conference or anything like that here in the near future so Seems like uh, he knows the bo- the money side of things. He knows how to close deals. He knows how to make deals, and we'll see where he goes from here. But he was described as a he was a self described college football fan. He told uh, Haverford College, uh, where he graduated with his undergrad from, he told them in a school newspaper in 2005 that he is a college football super fan. Okay. So this was well before he was lobbying for any sort of college football job. So that's good to hear. Um, and yeah, he was uh, he was actually doing the Super Bowl a long time ago, and uh, his background in football should be strong. And of course, TV contracts are all the rage these yeah. days in the Big Ten. Uh, that's certainly the fact right there. It's uh, look, it's exciting. Uh, it's going to be a mystery until we see a few years go into this regime under Tony Petiti right mm-hmm. there. Um, the one thing that gives me pause is the MLB portion. Yeah. I, I, I cannot lie to you. Um, I, hopefully he's not watching. If you are watching, we are in no way affiliated with Michigan State University. Please give us all favorable uh, outcomes, just like Kevin Warren did, apparently, because his son played for the football team, and that's Matt, how we won all those games that it, one year. Matt, if he's watching, the Big Ten screwed, because he should have way better things to do in his first two days in charge. And you know what? You want to prove that you're a comfortable <laughs> mega fan? You watch 50 minutes in to SD4L on Wednesday night. So, like... The, he would really prove it if he's watching right now, but and I'm sure that all this isn't in his control when I'm about to bring up, but like I, I think about a league not doing a great job of marketing themselves recently, and that's gonna be Major League Baseball. Again, yeah. I doubt this falls all on his shoulders, but that was just the one thing that I saw. Because obviously incredibly impressive resume. I mean, just like everything you name, top to bottom. Seems like he is incredibly qualified for the job, but yeah, it's just like, oh great, the Yeah. 
the league that has really kind of lost the youth here because a lot of their decision making when it comes to marketing, uh, whether it be on social media right. or just you know the publicity of all these players, but. I digress. It, it is a little bit of a different things going from Big Ten to MLB. So, like, maybe that there will be more favorable things that he can work with. But, yeah, that, that, that's, just, that's just one thing. My, you know? That was my first yeah, thought. That a, was my first thought. Because you look at the guys that are in baseball right now, the Bryce Harpers, the Mike Trouts, the Shoyatanis. Yeah. Um, these guys are not any less marketable than the guys that we kind of grew up on. Yeah, and of um, what, when you'd see the Ryan Howards of the world in, in every Subway commercial, and you'd see yeah. – all these guys, their faces, casuals would know them. Yep. Um, that's not the case with baseball these days. And, and like I said, the talent is not what's getting worse. So no. that was my first inclination. But luckily, he was mostly on the TV contract side, not actually marketing, right. not actually pushing the game forward. Yep. More of negotiations and business deals. But that I, that's kind of where my, my, thought, my first thought was as well. That's all. I, I just throw a blanket over anyone yeah. that had like a C-suite position at MLB. <laughs> it's like if you had anything to do with anything in the last 10 yeah. years, like I, I look at you with a sideways eye. Right. Like. If you were the usher for like the double A <laughs> right. affiliate of the Seattle <laughs> yes, Mariners, yes. you just yeah. Bad field. You just uh, yep. you're to blame. The guy that's gonna pump my beer at Comerica Park uh, in about two months here. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm d- doubtful about him too. Yeah. Like, yeah. So yeah. But no. Uh, best of luck to you, uh, Mr. Tony Patetti Patiti. Hi. Tell us how to say your name too. Uh, call us or email yeah, us, and write we'll an email. That, we'll get that straightened out. We'll, here we'll, in a we'll bit create of time. an email address, and then you can write and tell us. It'd be perfect. <laughs> Have a call in number. Could you imagine if we had a call in number this show? It'd be chaos. It'd be fun. We look into that one day. We could. We should look into that. I like that. We have a call-in number, and we have Will Hunter call in and ask you if you've seen a certain movie, and that would be just no. That'd me. get repetitive because it'd be no to every single movie. That's kind of except Stuart Little too. What's the last movie you've seen, Matt? It doesn't. You don't have to tell me when, but just what was the title? I watched Goodfellas uh, two years ago on a plane. Okay. It's the last time I saw a movie. Okay. Yeah. And that wasn't your first time watching it, right? It was a hundred percent my first time watching it. Yeah delightful film I, I really enjoyed it uh, i would like to watch it again but i know i'm not going to so you seen the godfather i've seen the godfather you seen the godfather 2 negative but the godfather 2 is better so why have you seen the ta- worst I'll, of the two i'll take your word for it uh yeah it's, a, it's, it's a, literally in the library of congress like they have a vault wow. where like if like something happens to earth like i can't tell if you're lying or not no like <laughs> if if a, if a meteor comes in yeah. and like blows up earth right yeah there's like a vault, allegedly. Okay. I think I read this somewhere. Maybe I'm making this up, but no, I believe, believe it you. fully. Yeah, yeah. Say, say it confidently, and I'm going to believe you no so matter there, what. So there yeah. is a vault. Uh-huh. The Library of Congress makes sure that if like the earth blows up, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This vault, it's like fireproof, like okay. bulletproof. Well, Earth's un- uninhabitable, so no one's going to be shooting bullets at that point, but yeah, I digress. You never, you never know. Waterproof. Yeah, okay. And in this vault, yeah. whoever finds Earth, when like one day it is habitable again mm-hmm. they will have a selection of movies i don't know the number in that vault is both of the godfather mil- films and i believe it is the only franchise in the history of movies that has two films wow okay from its franchise in said vault Wow, it's because the town never came up with a sequel. That's why. This is true. Once they do that, if you could put one MSU game in that vault for um, whatever specimen is on this earth in five thousand forty-three to to watch, what are you going with? Probably going with this year's Michigan State Iowa basketball game. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> why would he say that? Why would he say that? 
Even if it was the home game, that was still a nasty game. Like, even if it was the one MSU won. Whatever the lowest scoring MSU basketball game is of the last 15 years, put that in there so the next, like, species knows what real basketball getting it out the mud is like. Yes. Yeah, just a random January game from 2004 uh, in the Big Ten. 9 p.m. preferably Mm -hmm. tip-off. When there's just blood all over the court. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Okay. Um, But honestly, I I would probably say uh, football, I'd have to think about it a little more. Okay. Uh, Basketball, I I would say, if you can't just choose like a cop auto, like this Elite Eight or this Final Four. Yeah. yeah. um, I would probably say the Cassius Winston game against Michigan. Okay. um, In the last few years. Yeah, yeah. Um... That's a good one. That's probably what I would go with. I, I might go with the uh, Kenneth Walker five touchdown game against Michigan. That's just, a good just one. Just so like the people three millennia from now like know who was the like premier alpha male in our species. Yeah. Um, and it was Kenneth Walker. Right. Uh, so I want that on the record for yeah. anyone um, that has any questions, uh, yeah. centuries, millenniums in the future, or. For basketball, uh, this is kind of a different route to go about this. The MSU versus Duke Elite oh, Eight yeah, game. Oh, yeah, for sure. They'll watch oh, Zion yeah. Williamson, and then, like, you know, this this will be, like, like a super species. And then they'll watch Zion, and they'll be like, oh, my God, he's <laughs> one of us. This is great. <laughs> but then he doesn't win. And I want to humble these people, yeah. like, in the year 3,965. Like, yeah. I, I want them to know that, like, their reckoning can come at any given time, and right. it is going to come by a man that looks just like Cassius Winston. Yeah. So, um, yeah, <laughs> keep them humble. Keep them on yeah. their toes. So two different ways to go yeah, about for that. for sure. Yeah. yeah. That, would, that would be the game if uh, you could choose any of them for sure. I think so. Yeah. In the um, last, at least last 20 years for me. There we go. Yeah. Sounds or good. the UConn versus Butler national title game. If you're going to go for low scoring where Butler had like 40 points or something like that. That's, mm. Yeah. Really excite them. Really get them revved up. Not putting a UConn Butler game in the time capsule. No, you're leaving that one out. No. Okay. Fine. I believe that does it. I was gonna say I'm looking at a blank sheet of paper in front of me right now. I think that's our show. Yeah. That's well, it. that's a personal problem. You never pulled up the show sheet. No, but... this this screen's been black in front of me the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't charged this laptop in three weeks, so yeah, this is <laughs> right. And it's not like the camera it's team. A crop. <laughs> But I believe that does it for this week's episode of the SD4L show. If not, then I don't know. Like, maybe we'll tweet out whatever else we had to say. Um, Call us and we'll (laughs) let you know what other thoughts we had driving home. Yeah. Call us personally. We got you. Uh, And with that, we believe that is it for this week's episode of the SD4L show. And we will see you back here next week. Thanks for tuning in. Close your eyes, turn around, and count to nine. When you open them, I will be gone. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 